Sweet. So we're going live in 10 seconds, give or take. Might actually be live now, I'm not sure. This is a really neat little laggy bit that you can't quite tell if you're live or not, but, uh, you know, whatever. We're going to roll with it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 131, I think, of the Maritime Nelson Podcast. My name is Brad Odell. Uh, with me, I have no co-hosts because they all bailed. Uh, that's a lie. One of them had needed a personal day, and the other one is still leaving from the airport because he gets to travel all over the place. The guy's a jerk. Uh, however, what, <laughs> who I do have with me is uh, Mike Lovato. So say hi to everybody. What's up? Everybody <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, don't worry, man. Give it like 20 minutes, and, and you'll, be, you'll feel right at home. Uh, talking to the, the masses. Back on, back on the air. Yeah, yeah, it'll all make sense. And, uh, okay, so, Mike, let's start with a little bit of, of uh, who you are and why. And, and I'm losing words already. This isn't good. Let's, go, let's start with who you are and, and sort of what you do with paintball. Um, well, I'm Mike Lovato, uh, former operations manager for MCS slash RAP4. Uh, I was with the company just over eight years. Um, so I, I think for me personally, I, I've been there since, I guess, the beginning, really, of the MAGFED movement. I mean, this is uh, before there was even MILSIG. I was with RAP4. So um, I, I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot. I've, I've, I've dealt You've with a lot. You've seen some things, eh? You've seen some things? Oh, I've, I've seen some <laughs> things that uh, really impressed some people uh, with this industry. Uh, you know, I, came in, I came into the industry not playing paintball since 1989, I think was the last time I played. Um, my life turned towards uh, baseball, and that was more important. And then uh, I did 17 years of travel ball and due to injuries, had to kind of retire and hang up my cleats. Uh, and then I landed a job at RAP4. Um, and, and paintball had changed. Paintball had gone from the uh, Bushmaster pumps to uh, to MAGFED. And, um, and then I was uh, there essentially in the launch of uh, the T-68 Gen 4, Gen 5. No, Gen 5 was... The old uh, Milsig version. And uh, <laughs> learning how these companies are all intertwined, I mean, that in itself is a long story and very interesting. But uh, we should do, we'll have to do a show on that. We'll do like uh, a history oh, of MagFed Paintball, but we'll set aside like two or three episodes to do it. There, there, there's a lot to be said there. I know a lot of guys that I bump into ask me questions, and, and that, that topic kind of comes up. Um, and it, it turns into a long conversation because. You know, as much as there's such a diversity in the companies and how much these companies unfortunately don't get along, um, they all kind of started somewhere together at some point. And, uh, yeah. Oh, well. The companies will always bicker. Uh, it's neat, though, to hear that, that, you know, everyone sort of started from the same roots. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have companies like ATS that kind of did it on their own. You had Titman with their SMG 68 that kind of did it on their own. Yeah. Um, but as much crap that uh, Rap4 has gotten over the years, uh, <laughs> I like to say it is as he's probably been the one company that was able to be successful in growing this market at the right time. Maybe that's when he got in. Um, yeah. He didn't well, I mean, do it, it with all bells and whistles, and it wasn't great. But uh, because I think him starting off with the 43 caliber stuff um, in itself was a problem. Okay. But uh, he stuck to his guns, and, and look at where we're at now. I mean, um, and, and like I said, when you get into the history, you find out how connected some of these bigger companies are to each other. Um it, it, it shows what we've got now, where there's a MagFed game every weekend. Yeah, know. no, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, sorry, just thinking, like, with Rap4 getting, or MCS now, but Rap4 in the day, uh, like you said, getting all, all the crap that they were getting. I mean, when you're, when, you're, when you're pumping out things like 
imitation RPGs that can fire paintballs and you're doing like conversion kits for, for existing markers. Like when you're, when you're, I don't know, at the forefront, I guess, like when you're the one willing to take the, take the chance on a lot of that stuff when it wasn't really popular, you're going to stumble. But, uh, at the same time, other companies refined and, uh, you know, now we're, now we've got what, five, six very successful usable bag fed markers. So, oh yeah, yeah. you know, and, it's got to come from somewhere. And, and, and at a time where paintball folks didn't want nothing to do with it. I mean, that's where Operation N were essentially started from. I mean, it was the first mag fed uh, game on a field because every every field you went through at that time, they wanted nothing to do with mag fed because it didn't make them any money. They didn't yeah, care. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that made it very difficult. And it took a company to say, you know, we're going to do this. And, and, and I, I do give... You know, I got to give the hats off to them for, for taking risks like that. And it was a huge investment the first two years. I mean, you know, think about it. We had roughly over 100 players um, for the first one, and it was 100 rentals. Wow. So you're talking 120-some-odd players there, and only 20 of them actually owned a MagFed marker. Everybody else ran with rentals. You can imagine that kind of chaos and nightmare. <laughs> you got a hundred guys who don't know how their marker works. <laughs> oh, man. I remember a guy coming to me with a mag, and this at this time, for for the purpose of us being making it easy for us at NWAR one, we used the clear mags. And okay, yeah. Literally, a guy walking up to me with this mag and holding up to me like this gun doesn't work, and I look in the mag, and there's a, like a two inch twig sitting inside his mag, jamming up the paintball. <laughs> How in the hell did you get that in there? You know? And these those, are experienced those... players just renting MagFit gear, or are these, like, actual rental players? Uh, no, no, they, they were experienced paintball uh, players. Then there's no excuse. <laughs> trying MagFit for the first time. You know? I, I don't know what it is. It, it's, I, I've heard it all. Uh, guys that, you know, I've been playing paintball 20 years, and they can't get an MKB curve to work. Um, I just think they're not trying hard enough, or they're they're... I don't know, probably hitting it with a rock and just be like, this is it work? But, yeah. you know, oh, well, it, it and, is and, and I think that's where the company has learned uh, itself, where the physical presence to be out there, you know, and, and that's kind of where I really always have uh, given it up to Doug Brown because he recognized that real early. Yeah. You know, Mac is not for everybody, and, and I have to be at this event to show these knuckleheads how to do it right the first time otherwise they're just gonna have a horrible time and look at where he's at he's very successful with that and it worked out perfect for him yep uh, definitely did and yep. and I, I think i think for rap four and mcs at that time um that risk I, it was just something that they weren't weren't going to do because they had invested so much in other things, which people didn't know were coming. The conversion kits, you know, the 468, the, the drum mag, the box mag, all, all these projects that were started. So, hmm. uh, But where we're at today, I mean, I, I think it's, it's really on track to kind of eventually take over because this is where, for me, where paintball started. When I started in 1986, 87, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted to go out and play Army. I wanted to dress up in the best camouflage and go out there. And how all I had was on was just some damn goggles. There was no face mask. Uh, my, face mask was a, my face mask at that time <laughs> was literally a uh, handkerchief stapled to the goggles so that it draped in front of my face. That's awesome. That's, that's some solid <laughs> teeth protection right there. <laughs> now I see everybody now, and it's like, I, I can't do it. Even when I do get out there to go play with some of these guys, I can't put on all that gear, man. It's just way too heavy for me, too much. And I just, I'm good with just simple guns, some mags on my hip, and I just like to run around. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm the same way. I run like a rig so that I've got five mags on me and that's it. But you see some guys are decked out and they've got like the full vest. They've got like a med kit on them. They've got the radio. I swear to God, some of them have like the big antenna folded on their back. Like it's just insane. Uh, I don't know how some of these guys carry it. I see the guys running out with backpacks. And I'm like, dudes, what? Like, that's people are paid to do ruck marches, and you're like, you're running out of the field <laughs> with a backpack for fun. Like, what the hell? Uh, you know, 
the, I don't understand. I'm with you with that on like you know run light and it's it's just better. Um, well, as long as I mean, my thing has always been as long as they're having fun, then that that's all that matters. But oh yeah, just, no, for sure. You know, if you want to have you're if you're having a good time, then I ain't gonna say nothing. Right, but um, it's I I will giggle when you get like snagged on a twig or on a branch or something because you've got so much shit hanging off you. Uh, now, uh, so Operation End War. So this is number eight. Have you been yes. involved with all of them? Since the beginning. Yeah? Yeah. So, okay. So let's go. Uh, so you're there for the very beginning. You said number one, you had like 100 people renting magfit oh. markers and jamming twigs in the mags. And... Yeah. No, and has <laughs> always had problems. Um, logistic <laughs> problems. So, I mean, we could do a brief, like, NWAR 1, right, was the very first of its kind. And, like I said, 100 renters, and it was just chaotic, but everybody had a blast. Um, Dave Capio uh, originally uh, thought up the idea and started to write up the premise for the game. Okay. Um, used Tom Clancy's book, NWAR, as the premise for the for the scenario. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, he had gotten a job, so he'd left, I would say, roughly about two to three months right before the game. And uh, <clears throat> it was too far to go to cancel and go back, but you know, we had to push on. And, and at that time, I remember they called out to Viper. So that's how Viper originally got in, involved in Enmore. He uh, ran okay, okay. and two. Uh, it was kind of a last-minute deal. The name that was out there, so they called him and said, "Hey, you know, are you interested? We'll fly you out here. You run this game for us." And he came right out, and it, everybody had a blast. Everybody was excited for two. Um, so Operation End War Two came, when the, and the attendance jumped up. It was closer to like 160 players, 150, 160 players. But at that time, we only, I think, handed out maybe 80 rentals. So within a year. It was only about half the people needing rentals from the previous years. But this game also happened right at the same time of the Pro Caps collapse. So the quality of paintballs was horrible that year. Okay. So horrible that I would say at least 50% of the players left after Saturday. I remember, oh, that's no good. That's I remember brutal. driving back from the field back to San Jose, which is about a 45-minute drive. No, hour, about, about an hour drive from the field to San Jose to pick up cases and cases of other paint that we had in the warehouse to bring to the game just to keep it going. Um, so that didn't sit well with a lot of people. Uh, no, that would leave a bad taste in your mouth. Well, even the producers in the field, you know, it was kind of the field was like, see, this is why MagPed doesn't work. Um, Viper at that time had his, from what I heard, I never really actually talked to him, but Dave did, and he just felt like the company was more interested in the, the, the their own self-promotion and not the players and should have let people play with hoppers. That kind of became the debate during two was let them play with hopper guns. You know, I'll give them all rentals and they could have a good time because right now with these magpeg guns, it's just, it's a shit fest. All the paint's breaking. Yeah, um, that would that could kill an event right there pretty uh, yes. pretty quick. Yeah, um, but the real hardcore magfetters were like, no, we'll stick it out, we'll stick it out. And, you know, they finished the game, and it was done. And, um, so when three came around, the field wasn't interested in having us back, and we had to find something. So I remember hitting the road, looking at different fields all across Northern California, and I, and I found this field out in Waterford, uh, which actually was a really nice field. Um, had a CQB area, had a tower. I mean, it was like... The perfect setup for a MagFed event. Nice. Some people still regard NWAR 3 as one of the best. Um, we, we, we brought out a lot of props. We brought out RPGs. We brought out the uh, <laughs> M60, the M249s with box mags. We put them in the tower with scuba tanks. I mean, we had a RPG mission where they, you know, had to blow up the tower. And, you know, there, there was, it was a lot more involved. There was a bridge there that they had to blow up. I, the first time I went out and bought a no-gauge smoke grenades. And so we had, like, six cases of smoke grenades that were thrown that weekend all over wow, the field. Wow, that's a ton of smoke, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, again, it was just another great field. But because we had to move it and it was all done last second, uh, I think that attendance was – it dropped. It dropped down to about, like, 80 players. Yeah, well, you know, at least then you got a solid 80 people who want to be there. Like, Yeah. But yeah, take the good with the bad, I guess. <laughs> 
So, I, I mean, and then, and then, of course, uh, when four was coming around, this field had already been in dire straits. It, it was about to shut down. What it was is the husband had passed away. The wife was trying to keep the field running. And she just, she wasn't savvy to paintball. So she wasn't doing a really good job. I mean, yeah, well, it's, that, it's hard. Event, yeah, no, that I think that event for her brought her the most attendance she had seen all year. Uh, normally she gets about 10 to 12 players a weekend. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's rough. So the following year she was shut down. We had to find a new place. Well, uh, we had always had Copperopolis in the back of our pocket because Katie had done some events there with the 43 cal stuff years and years ago. Um, so we called up the field owner. Uh, that, that was also a year, I think. Yeah. So M4, the original plan was to move it actually down south. Um, this is when ODSC guys were still Savoy 6, and they had wanted to um, to host it down south because we knew the population density down south is greater than it is in NorCal, and, and we'd get a lot more attendance there. The hard part was is that the fields, again, just weren't interested. They made it very difficult. And uh, midway through the summer, we had to pull it from them and, and take it on ourselves, and we, we threw it at Copperopolis. So I think that was another another week, another time that marketing was late, getting it together was late, and it was just another 60-player game. Okay. Um, but everybody loved the field. Everybody was excited about the field. And uh, that made N War 5 probably the largest that we've had to date. Uh, it was almost 200 players. And uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it had its own, it had its own problems. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with the dynamics of the game and the dynamics of the players. Up here in Northern California, there's a lot of pump players. Um, I'd say based on the MagFed players that are up here, there's more pump players up here. Okay. So, of course, trying to be a little more inclusive, NWAR never was ever listed as an, like an MFOC. That wasn't even a term yet. It was just a MagFed game. But, you know, we've always made exceptions for a few tack caps and pump players with stick feeds and we were okay with that because the dynamics of the game were more important than the actual look of your gun. And uh, that in itself caused problems. You, you put two different types of style of players together, um, and, and they're, they're, they're bound to butt heads. Oh, and, for sure. Absolutely. I, I've seen that here. Like we, uh, I'd say in the Maritimes here, we, got a, we have a healthy number of MagFed players. Um, who love to take it slow, they sneak through the woods, they're, you know, they're trying to get those, those nice angles. And then we've got like the really aggressive pump players who just jump over bunkers and full-on sprint. Like yeah. they, you know, so <laughs> you, you can see sort of some, some tension forming sometimes where the, the magfed guys are just sort of trying to be, trying to be tactical. They're trying to, trying to live out that, 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 G.I. Joe fantasy. That's basically what it is, right? Like, you know, yeah. everyone wants to play soldier. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, you've got guys who just throw Wanna caution play? to the wind and they just play old school paintball. So, yeah. uh, yeah, you can't hate on either, uh, either one of them, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, no, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. Every, every style has its, has its way of doing things and they're all great. It's all paintball, but yeah. they do tend to clash when, when you bring them together. Cause you're right. You know, the, the magfed player wants that milsim that they want that, tactical mission that's going to have them go out into the middle of nowhere on the field and find this little trinket and bring the trinket back and they got the points where pump players are kind of like man what the hell just let me dominate the field and they just jump out there and want to shoot people yeah exactly yeah they're they're, they're all about those eliminations right spray paint and just dominate and get paint everywhere they can and you yep. know yeah so which, which is fun let's be honest every once in a while it's pretty good to just jump out and just you know dump a box of paint down the range Hey, well, that, that, that's why the box mag, you know, will always be a desired product. I mean, even, yeah. even now, um, as much as, you know, Rapport's box mag was problematic and had its issues with manufacturing, um, people still, day in and day out, were always asking for it. And 
you know, whether they can bring it back or not uh, at an affordable cost for people and for the company has, has been yet to be seen. But yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's it's a neat product, but yeah, I think it's definitely going to be one of those products that people always want to see, but they don't want to buy. You know, they uh, you, you see it all the time. People is just oh, I'd love to see this come back or somebody to make this type of marker, or and then, and then a company makes it, they're just like, oh well, I didn't I didn't actually want to buy it. You know, <laughs> so well, I mean, the, the the box bag sold a lot. It was you know almost uh, you know two thousand units. I think almost five thousand units just in the short time that it was was out there because everybody wanted to have one. And then with the conversion kits, I mean, it was easy to slap it on a gun and right. You know, um, with, it, with it disappearing and not in production for the last few years, it's it's kind of leveled the playing field on a lot of people. Uh, but also gave way to people like uh, the ADN or even, you know, Milsig's little uh, pan fryer. Um, <laughs> they both are, I guess you could say. I never really liked the look of either one of those, but I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think they were ever meant to look pretty. I think oh, it was all my goodness. Just, so uh, just as soon as you said it, I just I just immediately made the association between that and a cast iron pan, and I was just like, oh my god, it really does look like that. <laughs> that's like that. Oh my god, that's too funny. Oh man. Okay, I need to buy one now. I don't even own a milsig. I want one, and I'm just gonna. I want somebody to paint like two fried eggs on it or something. Oh yeah. See, there you go. Right. You go. Right. Somebody do that for me. I don't want to buy it. I just want to see it. Somebody. somebody <laughs> Somebody do that for me. Oh, I mean, Milsig to me has always been uh, on top of their game with, um, you know, their customer service and supporting the, the, the community and the players, and that's what's really helped them. Yeah. And I liken that more to, you know, Doug Brown uh, more than anybody. Um, that's just the type of person he is. I mean, he's been an industry player for years. I mean... You know, even back when he helped and, and developed the whole Tacomo line. Uh, oh, I remember the Tacomo line. Yeah. So I remember I, I, oh, I remember spending the money on the conversion <laughs> kit from the A5. And then it was a pre-order, and it was like seven or eight months out. No, and then no, no. This is even before that. That, that oh. Tacomo line is when KT had purchased Tacomo. Oh, okay. So this is way before that time. Yeah, so I'm talking about Doug Brown was involved when Tacoma was just the AK-47 line. Gotcha. And okay. A regular hopper paintball, but um, and they had some but, pretty cool products that that never made it to you know full development too, because there's a mod deuce in the building that was from the Tacoma purchase itself. So neat. They had, a, they had a lot of things that they were working on themselves. It's just paintball's always been a finicky sport that uh, you know companies gobble them up and then they just sit on them. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. yeah. Sit on them until somebody figures a way to make it work flawlessly and then run with it. Um, somebody watching, uh, uh, well, his name is Alexander. I just call him Scotian. But, uh, how big is Magfed and Cali? Yeah, how big is Magfed and Cali? Well, I mean, it's pretty evident with uh, ODSC. They're in Cali. They're just in Southern Cali. Um, I think people forget how big Cali actually is. Yeah. I I definitely don't think we're as big as, obviously, the East Coast. I mean, population density is what really feeds into it. And plus, on the East Coast, you've got a lot of green. So you've got a lot of wooded area. Uh, There's a lot more paintball (laughs) out out there. There's a lot Uh, less... Like extreme temperatures of, you know, a lot less risk of dehydration. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, up north in Oregon, Washington, you got a lot of paintball, but at the same time, they got so much rain. So, yeah. And their population density is, is very lax compared. Right here in Northern California, I think paintball has always been somewhat of a stale drop. Um, I think mostly because. You know the uh, the tech industry. Oh, okay. It, it, Are they afraid to get dirty? There's a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of cash being thrown around. People out there doing their their Teslas and their Starbucks, and they don't want to get out and play paintball because it hurts. So. Uh, okay. 
Gotcha. <laughs> so you're, what you're telling me is that paintball's dying in Northern California because you just there's a lot of wimps. I, I think <laughs> comparatively to other places, what I've come across, yeah. A, a lot of times when I ask people, like, hey, come out. You know, we have this event, Operation Emboar, come on up. It's like, oh, paintball, that hurts, you know. Yeah, these um, are people who've never played before. Yeah. They saw it on TV once, and they were just like, paintball hurts. I know. It's like, really? Do you, though? Like... <laughs> <laughs> my god yeah try getting a 95 mile an hour hardball right to the shins you know I, yeah not... that sounds painful that, that <laughs> I'm sounds not, I'm not about... <laughs> I, i've had sometimes where i went out there and i was just like all right i'll go do this mission real quick and i'm in shorts and they're like you're gonna go like that and like it's yeah it's, i'm not gonna break a leg let's roll yeah. like it's... <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't affect me it doesn't bother me but there are those people that are up here and uh like my uh my good friend glenn taylor always says you know goddamn millennials you know and that's, <laughs> that's really what it is a lot of the time up here in northern california we got a ton of them oh that sucks uh, that sucks i will say though to the credit the the, the you know going out and, and being worried about getting hit with paintball the the only <laughs> i do worry when i go out get, taking a shot in the love handles will bring me down <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> That's like the one hit that I actually do dread. I'll 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 get hit. I'll go down with no shame. Just uh, so. Uh, other than I, that, I, though, like no I excuse. Said, I think you know, seventeen years of being you know <laughs> playing second base, third base, and getting line drives right off the shins, and oh god, you know that's brutal. That's brutal. I yeah. uh, took a bad hop to the eye and uh, busted my my uh, eye socket and broke my nose. So. I, I know what real pain in the face is. Yeah. So when, I, when I see paintball, it just, I, again, that's just me. It's like, eh. Yeah, well, whatever, right? <laughs> uh, Kevin Money's got the way. He says, we need a safe room on the, on the paintball field. We need, we need to install safe spaces on paintball fields to bring out the, bring out the millennials. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they, they need the squishy paintballs, the little 50 caliber. I mean, I like it, it's, but MagFed is growing. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think a lot of what the, you know, uh, I was able to kind of push for NorCal has helped. You know, I have, in California alone, I think there's about seven different groups of players that have a small fleet of rentals that they go to regular, go out to fields regularly. Um, and it, it has definitely helped grow. Uh, you know, ODSC was one of the first groups to get a fleet of 10 rentals to help get people interested. Because that's, that's what I've always noticed with, with MagFed. You can't just throw an ad in a newspaper or a video and somebody's going to say, hey, I'm going to go do that. You have to put it in their hand. They have to feel it. They have to touch it. They have to shoot it. And then it's like, okay, I, this is cool. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, you can talk about paintball until you're blue in the face, but until you drag them out by the face and actually put a marker in their hand, they're, they're just not going to get it. You know, they're, they're just not yeah. going to get it. Uh, so let's talk, uh, let's talk about Operation... Uh, let's talk about End War 8. So that's okay. coming up. That's uh, super excited. That's actually going to be my first U.S. game. This is my, oh, okay. my first game in the United States. Uh, so I'm pretty excited. Think- yeah, I think what I think what you're going to find about that is the uniqueness of the field. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's an old abandoned copper mine. I mean, it's just yeah. Uh, it, it gets hot. If, if we're going to have a hot weekend, it's going to be really hot. I mean, I, I've we've been What's out hot there. Though? Like, well, say uh, about ninety something degrees, maybe ninety two. Uh, but because it's a dredged out valley and there's no soil, it's all slate rock the ground is actually hotter. So you're, you're looking easily 115 degrees on the ground. 115 uh, degrees, eh? 15, so about yeah, 110, 100. 115 degrees. I, I've had kids that have come back from the gravel pit with rocks melted into the bottoms of their shoes. Now, luckily, we're not that hot this year. Um, it's, it's definitely that's, cooled off here in California. But... Dude, that's 46 degrees Celsius. That's like, it's, what? No. What did I sign up for? <laughs> I can't well, do that because, kind of Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, this year is a good year, I think, to go because it's been relatively cool. You know, that, those, those were the years that we did it in the middle of the drought. So, you know, California Damn. got a lot of like, rain this. That's, 
That's relatively cool. Right now, in where I live, is relatively cool. It's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, that's relatively cool. This is, this is like, I'm comfy. I'm like, this is my element, and I'm about to, like, pay to go somewhere where it could potentially be almost 50 degrees Celsius. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's the same down south if you ever make it out to the Dominion game. I mean, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, outside. I'm just going to have to do But it. they picked a good time of the year. March is not as bad. See, we're at the tail end of summer, so it's been dry all year, all the last couple months, and then October is still kind of hot till November hits, which is one of the reasons why I pushed it towards the end of the month to try to get some of that, you know, early morning cooled air so it's not so hot right away. So I'm definitely hoping. What was weird is that we did it for six years straight, and every year, no matter where we went, it was hot as balls. <laughs> and then we, we come into last year at 7, and it was just a torrential downpour. And it I'm okay with rain that. And rain and rain nonstop. Dude, this broken. I can't. Oh, man. All right. So, I'm going to have to mentally prepare for this. That's what I'm going to have to. Yeah. No, so th- this year it's, it's, it's warm again, but it's not extremely hot. Like today is, I think, like 85, which is not, not hot at all. Like, do you, you people realize it's October, right? <laughs> this is like. Like it's, it's just, snowing in parts of Canada right now. <laughs> like, yeah, California really doesn't have four seasons anymore. It's just kind of it's hot, and then it's cold, and then it sprinkles, and then it's hot again. <laughs> man, man. All right, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna prepare for this. Um, so I'm loving what Kevin Money's saying. We were talking about we were talking about uh, getting hurt and and. and worried about getting her paintballs hurt and he says his wife thought it would hurt uh, when she first got into it now she's taking suicide runs blasting away and getting labeled so she loves it there you go take first hit you're done um and now everyone's warning me that i need to bring sunscreen <laughs> it's not gonna work i'm too pale <laughs> um damn, yeah, yeah, yeah no you're gonna need you definitely probably need some sunscreen out here because you get uh you ain't got that natural tan, man. You're gonna be in no, trouble. dude. Like I, like I can see veins. I can see the color of the veins through my skin. Um, I am. So I mean, I, I've taken it. all that into consideration for this year. And, and so what happened after seven? Um, you know, obviously the company KT. I mean, put a lot of money into this event, and it's always been a good, fun thing for some. It's always been a problem for others for various reasons. Um, and uh, I think it got to a point where he just needs to focus on other things, you know, with the company and the amount of time and manpowers it takes to run an event. It just can't be a company event anymore. Plus, it's always been plagued with the fact that because it's a company run event, um, other companies were very reluctant to be a part of it and participate. I think the only company that ever really um, was willing to you know, give up uh, raffle prizes and be a part of the event in any way has been uh, Titman. Every year they were sending us pistols and, and uh, masks. Key, um, before they got gobbled up by GI, was another one. And um, even Falcon. Really? Uh, I'd say those three were... Falcon didn't have much because they really don't have a magpay gun, so they always just sent us a mask, which was still good enough. But also uh, Evic, Evic because of the accessories. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, other players in the Magpie community kind of stayed away. Um, Nilsig, Die, um, yeah, Maxtac, um, Karmatech for various reasons, you know. But I think mostly because they some felt it was a conflict of interest, and others just had other prior engagements that were more important to them. Let's be honest; they were just jealous. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to go with that. Right. I, I think I think a lot of the rhetoric between companies always just kind of <laughs> shied them away, and so um, when the decision was made to end it, it, it kind of gave me an opportunity to do something that I was kind of looking to do for a while. Uh, my son was diagnosed with autism uh, about two and a half years ago. And uh, I've always wanted to try to do something, something meaningful, something he could be a part of eventually. Um, and this was my opportunity, you know. And he said, if you want it, it's yours. And so I took it. And uh, it's had its own troubles. Um 
you know, because it takes a lot of money to to actually, you know, upstart this field. Because you got to understand, it's it's not a paintball field, so it's not like I can just walk on one day and say, okay, air's over there, yeah, yeah. chromo's over there. There's the boundaries are all set up. Here's your field. Here's your CQB. All that has to be brought in because it's just a field. Okay. Um, yeah, it's your. You're not set up. You're not just walking on and using somebody else's equipment. You're. No, no. It's 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 an old private property. It's an old abandoned copper mine. It's used for tactical training from uh, 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 a company that's out there on a regular basis. He does firearms training, and um, so when you get out there, you'll see a lot of product, a lot of uh, steel containers, and all just shot up bullets cool. everywhere. So uh, on the far end of the field, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, we're able to come in there and we just mark off the private properties there, you know, that uh, the other landowners, it's a shared property. So we have to kind of mark off where their homes are and stuff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, probably reset all the bunkers and barriers, tires that we've left out there because there's kids that go there all throughout the year and like to roll them down the hills. Well, so. who doesn't? Like, you just roll <laughs> up on a place and there's some tires. Like, you roll those suckers down the hill. That's what you do. Come on. Um, uh, that's, that's how things work. <laughs> now, yeah. um, so we're pre- so, okay, so you got to prep the field. That's, that sounds like a hassle and a half right there. Like, that's, that's a pain in the butt for sure. Oh, uh, no, it's, it, yeah, no, it's definitely not, not easy. It's not as simple. Um, and there are a lot of people that are, have, have tried to get us to move it to just a paintball field. Most paintball fields are set up for paintball, but I think the uniqueness of this field is what drives people to want to come back. Even those who have had, uh, you know, issues with the way it was run the year before or issues with certain players, they always want to come back because they love playing at Copperopolis. Okay, cool. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So um, with, with Copperopolis, is there, besides being like an abandoned copper mine, uh, which is already pretty, pretty awesome, what... Uh, you know, what can we expect? Like, is there going to be, uh, can we expect, like, props and whatnot? Like, props, missions, uh, anything cool? Is there going to um, be vehicles, like? Well, we, we, I did have some people that were going to bring out a tank. I've always invited people to bring out uh, a tank or a vehicle. Uh, one year we had a uh, cargo van running back missions back and forth. Um, but uh, it, it, it's always been out there for people to do. And it just never really has happened. Um, okay. So what, I, what I've committed to is kind of like a two-year program for me. It's like I have NWAR 8 this year, and by 9, um, to have more props. I, I've always felt that the game missions, on top of having refs there to control it, having good paint, having air, um, but also to have nice bunkers set up, um, and then props, missions. Um, I have some uh, pretty decent ideas and, and props on the way that will... Uh, one of the ones that I did a couple years back, and I'm bringing it back, is, is a rocket launch for a downed drone. I know a lot of people do downed drones, and they'll, they'll go hide a drone out in the middle of the field and say there's a downed drone over there, you have to go find it. What, what, what we were able to do is I have a four-and-a-half-foot-tall rocket that we launched over the field, Neat. So you actually see it go across the field and then break and fall down, and there's your down drone, and then people go racing to it, fighting over it. That's pretty awesome. Um, so my plan is to make sure that's there this year, uh, and then add to that. Uh, you know, there's some other little missions that I want to try to get completed in time that will do even more rocket launches. So the mission will end with a launch, and. Uh, a lot of smoke. We'll be bringing out smoke grenades. Um, there, there's one particular mission that I'm trying to finish up right now, um, and I definitely want to give credit to Lobo from ODSC. He kind of gave me this idea, and, and, and it, it's a great idea. Uh, where I'm gonna get a, a four by eight plywood, and I'm gonna paint puzzle pieces out of it. Because of the, the autism awareness part of it, and I'm gonna be hiding these all across the field, and um, and not to go too detailed because uh, you know we're gonna talk about it, but there's gonna be a way for people to get the coordinates, and once they get the coordinates, we'll have a GPS tracker okay. that'll take them 
to those puzzle pieces. So we're going to bury them in the field, and they're going to have to unbury them. Oh, that's awesome. Really the first team to track down all their pieces by getting this intel and completing their their board or puzzle uh, wins, wins the points on that. And it'll probably be a pretty significant um, set of points, almost like a game-changer set of points. Ooh, neat. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, no, no. When he called me up and, and, and kind of hit me up on Facebook and let me know about that idea, I thought it was, like, the best. Um, and, and definitely hats out to him for that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I wanted to touch on the fact that uh, Operation Endwar, or, you know, OE8, or OEW8, whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, it is a fundraiser for autism awareness. So that's, yes. that's really cool. I, I always love it when paintball games uh, add in a bit of that fundraising bit, because it's you know, we, we, we may not be a sport that the world takes 100% serious yet, but we can at least, uh, you know, make some sort of impact on, with, uh, with our sport, right? So very cool. I love to see that uh, it's more than just a game. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I've always tried to do and, and wanted to do. Uh, back when we did End War 6, um, I remember going out to the field and trying to prep it one weekend, and I'm driving up to the field, and there's tents all along the road. And that was the year that they had the huge fire up here, the Angels Camp, uh, which is only about 10 miles away. So all these people that were displaced were now scattered around Copperopolis with their RVs, their tents, their, you know, because they, they had to leave the area. Yeah. And, you know, my, the first thing that popped in my mind is I was not about to roll in there looking like a bag of dicks. <laughs> hey, we're going to go play paintball. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> out. <laughs> these people are sitting here homeless. They lost their homes. They lost all their belongings. And and so, I remember right away coming back and saying, "Hey, we got We got to change this. We got to we got to raise money and donate it to these families and, that have just lost their homes in this fire." So it's very cool. That was you know kind of a last minute quick decision just because I happened to be out there and and that's what I've always wanted to do. Make and war more of a you know. Uh, a player-oriented game. <clears throat> no, very and, uh, cool. It, so it's... again, you know, with me getting the opportunity to kind of take it on because uh, the company no longer wanted to produce it, it just kind of fit. You know, it was the right time for me. It was it was it was a time where I was a lot more active in 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 uh, with with autism. I mean, I have been the one that's been taking my son to most of his you know therapy appointments over the last few years. Dealing with all his, the, the we do the Autism Speaks Walk every April, right. and, and we, we raise money for that. And this is just something that it's like, okay, I could do this, raise even more money. So when I do that Autism Walk in April, I've I got that much more to, yeah, to go to towards add it. To the and stuff, and yeah, and, um, no, that's that's great. That's that is, um, I don't know, I'm not very good with words, so. It's awesome. It is what it is. It's just, it's just awesome. So uh, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, all right, we're at the 40-ish minute mark, so we need to take a slight right-hand turn, and I need to talk about uh, three uh, things. One, actually, well, three companies, groups, sponsors, people who pay for me to talk about them. So we're going to take two seconds, and just, we're going to do like the most ungraceful... Uh, turn in towards the uh, sponsor spotlight. So let's go this real quick. Um, Ripple's Industries, tactical gear, equipment, and paintball, rippleind.ca. So if you are a Canadian, uh, order from this guy. Tom is a fantastic man. Uh, he has helped us out many, many times. He's helped out games that he's just sent, like we've sent him an email and we're like, dude, can you help us out? And he's like, yeah, here you go. Boom. There's some stuff. Go do it. It's awesome. So Ripple Industries is a supporter of ours and, and we love being a supporter of theirs. Um, tier one armament, fantastic. They're the Canadian distributor for MaxTech, Karmatech, and MCS, and a handful of other airsoft and soft good companies. Um, so they are the ones that get the stuff to your favorite dealer. You know, you go to your pro shop and whatnot. So tier one um, might be the ones distributing for that. And uh, they're fantastic people. Also, this is kind of cool. This is very local to me. Um, so if you're not near me, I totally understand if you're not going to fly from California for this, but. Um, they've got uh, at Atlantica, 
Atlantica Outdoor Recreational Center. Sorry, I got to think about when I say that. So Atlantica Outdoor Recreational Center in Hillsborough, New Brunswick. Uh, they do a zombie shoot. So they do a paintball uh, zombie shoot. They load you on a on a train car uh, cart thing. Anyways, and you follow the railroad. It's actually it's it's not like you're on the back of a, a tractor or nothing. They pull you along uh, the the railroad, and it's kind of cool. There's a storyline to it. I know a couple of years ago they had one where like uh, you had to get out of the zone, so they piled everybody onto it, and it starts rolling along. And they hire actors. So there's a couple of guys sitting around a bonfire, like sort of uh, camping, and then as you're coming back. Uh, one of the guys is eating the other one. So just to add for that little bit of ambiance, uh, $25 per person is not bad at all. Uh, you can book your time from 7 to 10, October 6th, 7th, 13th, 14th, 20th, 21st, and 27th. Um, so you can find them on Facebook. Just look up uh, Atlantica Outdoor Recreational Center. Fantastic guys. Um, so, yeah, those, those are the guys that uh, help make this possible. So they're the ones that help us out, so we give them a shout-out. So Ripple Industries, fantastic. Tier 1 Armament, great guys. And uh, Atlantica or Hillsboro Paintball, depending on who you talk about there. Fantastic people. Um, so Was that your son? Did I see that? I saw that shows yeah, out of the uh, corner no, of my <laughs> No, he wanted to see what I was doing. Absolutely. You know, we've had uh, – it's not the first time we've had uh, – you know, surprise co-hosts show up. <laughs> yeah, he's lining up all his, his toys. That's cute. Yeah. That's adorable. Uh, so, how long uh, or how how much are you hoping to raise? Like, how's the how's raising the money for uh, autism awareness? Is that going to be like? Is it a percentage? Is it just uh, you know? How's it going to work? Um, well, everything from the raffle, um, and then. Um, because this year, like I said, is, is kind of like a, a two-year program, um, I knew there's going to be a lot of investment uh, for this year. Um, I, I'm not sure how much of the actual proceeds I'm going to. I'm going to try. My goal is at least 25% of it. Um, okay. It's, it's definitely looking difficult to attain that. Um and and a lot of it has to do with uh, you know some of the road bumps over the over the last few months. You know, me leaving the company uh, has kind of left uh, a lot of my expenditures as far as going towards the event really really low. So yeah, um, I've had to scale back a lot of the ideas that we originally started with. Um, you know, I, I had arranged to have some Connex boxes, some ten by ten Connex boxes delivered to the ten by eight. Connex boxes delivered to the field, and we were going to build up a CQB area uh, there. Um, so I had to kind of scale that back because uh, of funds. And right now, I'm working with. Uh, last year, I brought in a bunch of hay bales. Um, so it's either going to be hay bales or pallets that we're going to bring in and, and nail together or screw together. Um, just trying to find the the best pricing, I guess, to bring it and have it delivered and. Then of course picked up and taken out of there because we can't leave anything there after yeah. we're done. So um, that was kind of my goal from the start. Um, but definitely anything we make off the raffle, and, and then of course there are players that are donating because if you go actually to the website, um, and even if you can't go, uh, you can still go to the actual link on the Facebook page and and the website to register. If you scroll down. There's actually buttons there if you want to donate five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, and and I've gotten quite a few of those, so that's that's awesome. That's good. That, I love hearing that. Helping. That's wicked. Uh, question about the field. Somebody, uh, Chris, Chris uh, Shufflow had asked. He says, "Can yeah, you go into the mine. mine?" No, the mine itself is actually gone, um, and, and it's not like an old. Uh, mine where you're thinking like you go into a tunnel yeah. it's an open it's, pit it's mine just, eh? like it's yeah like... it's an open pit mine they just they, they just dug this massive valley and dredged it out and so that's the kind of mine you're, what you have is when you go into the field up on the right hand side after you first walk in is the actual old processing smelter Neat. Uh, where the uh, big tower facade has fallen over I definitely don't recommend, and I probably will be marking that off so nobody would actually go in there because one thing we have a lot of in that area, especially, there's a reason why it's called the snake pit. Um, there are a lot of rattlesnakes out there. So I, I definitely um, don't want anybody digging around, crawling around too much in there. So tell me, I signed up 
to go to a place where the temperature is going to be 10 times hotter than I can handle. And there's rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) Welcome to California. (laughs) Why do you people live there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then right across from it, on the other side, is the old processing building. So it's just, uh, so you got these two structures on, on either end. And the way we position the bases this year is they're kind of right opposite of each other next to each structure. So each 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 team's going to have pretty much a structure under their control. Cool. Um, and then, of course, each mission is going to drive each person to try to take it over. So a lot of what's going to start off is just going to be a lot of control and command. Um, you will have uh, control points that, that uh, if you control them at the turn of the clock, um, you're able to mine the gold from there and get the cash and the cash gives you an allotted uh, allotment that you will then turn into what we're designating as kind of the arms dealer. Um, So there will be an area that's going to be somewhere located central on the field. um, And it'll be uh, tarped off and canopy. It's actually a military tent um, that allow people to kind of go in there for two reasons. One, so we can have the arms dealer on the field and kind of, designating missions and and uh other things uh throughout the scenario but also a way for some people to kind of cool off so um that'll kind of help with that get out of the sun yeah like uh me so (laughs) it's gonna be great Uh, i'm it's gonna be a good time i'm not looking forward to the heat but i'm looking forward to the game it's gonna be a blast how many people do you think we're gonna have this year we're looking for like 100 200 500. No, no, it's it's definitely um, again. I think every year has had its issues. I think we're probably going to be somewhere around 100. Um, That's not bad. I think uh, I, I think with Snake Eater being the same weekend has uh, definitely had a lot of people going that direction. Um, hopefully next year we can have a better schedule because uh, I'd like to be a Snake Eater myself next year. Uh, and then, of course, Zero Hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Not Zero Hour. Uh, I mean, whatever. 100 people is not bad. Like, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. It's, it's manageable. It makes it a fun game. And, and I yeah. think that's what, what I want to try to, to um, keep it at. Um, I don't think I ever want to have, like, a 500-player game. Um, no, just at that point, your I, field just divides in half, and then nothing well, happens. I think also with, with that many players there becomes that much more to control. Um, and, and like, again, this being just an old abandoned copper mine, it, it, it's very rustic uh, and can be dangerous. It's not like an average field where you just go out and it's nice flat grand, uh, ground and bunkers, you know. Um, all the rocks and gravel that are around there are loose. So you definitely want to make sure you have your hiking boots on kind of thing. And, and, awesome. and again, it's an old, you know, being that it's not used regularly on a regular basis, you know, uh, there are certain areas that uh, do get a lot of the, the, the rattlesnakes during different times of the year. So Neat. Okay, cool. So look out for rattlesnakes. <laughs> Got it. Uh, <laughs> damn. So, wait, are they that kind of snake that if they bite you, you're dead within, like, an hour? Uh, no. I think the, the well, I guess it could be, depending on the, your body weight. But I think, for the most part, most rattlesnake bites are, are not deadly that I know of, if I remember correctly. I think you're, you're a little more in danger if you're getting bitten by the little ones, because they don't control their venom as well. But uh, I, I know quite a few people that have bit dogs and people. They're very painful. And if you don't get medical attention pretty quickly then yes but uh, for the most part you should be fine all right then eventually (laughs) (laughs) okay then um (laughs) awesome so and and for the case i think of all the years that we've been there i think there's only been one sighting and that (laughs) snake was uh quickly eliminated yeah (laughs) They asked permission from the landowner to dispatch it. He said, go for it. And so they did. So. <laughs> Just because they didn't want anybody getting bit. No, for sure. Absolutely. Um, other than that, you make a nice belt too, right? Like it just, he's big enough. I don't, get... I don't even think it was that long. I, I think it was oh, a small, it was probably um, less than a foot. 
Oh wow, he's just weaving. So nice, nice, nice uh, watch, watch strat. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, cool, man. All right, we're pretty much at the end of the show. So uh, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and chatting. And uh, yeah. it. Uh, you know, I wish I had my my co-hosts on, but they unfortunately are uh, busy. So it happens. Real life happens, right? So, but uh, super stoked! I'm flying out from East Coast Canada to California to uh, to play in a copper pit mine that is going to be insanely hot and full of rattlesnakes. So very excited! Can't wait. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, the Toronto airport doesn't take away my gear like they tried to last time I traveled through. Oh wow. Yeah. They're, they're picky. Customs um, is always a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's... But, uh, because I was going to be on this podcast, I, I told them not to change the price of the registration, so you can kind of get that out there. I'm going to hold it off for another week or two. Okay, uh, cool. Just so that as we get the more word out, more people, because I think what's always been a problem up here is the decay of nations just happened this past weekend. So a lot people of times, are... you know, I know a lot of people that are, that are saying, oh, yeah, I'm going, I'll, I'll be there. And, you know, they still haven't even registered. So when, when I talk yeah. to them, it's like, oh, well, after decay, I, I have to get through decay first. So that, gotcha. that's always been a, a, a little uh... bit of a problem. So with that being said, I, I'm just going to hold the price of where it's at for now just to get more people to go ahead and jump on it. Wicked. Um uh... So, all right. So, if you go to Facebook and look up uh, Operation Ed War uh, Eight, you'll find the link because it's uh, what is it there? The, I'm trying to remember the link that you can buy the tickets at. It's like Square Up. Is that what's called? Yeah, it's a Square yeah. Up link. And then uh, somebody's asking, what paint do we do we use at the event? We do use uh, Balkan Graffiti and New World. And for those that are going to come, make sure you pre-register your paint. It is a field paint only event. Um, I opened up First Strikes. Uh, to bring your own paint we are providing some if you pre-order it and again because this is not a field we don't have a cache of paint in first strikes it's you, you need to pre-order in advance to make sure that you have it we will have some on hand but it will be limited because the more i invest in it i, I can't get stuck with it because it's going to be sitting in the hot sun all weekend so right definitely yeah got to make sure whoever's coming out they're, they're pre-ordering that field paint um, otherwise, you will be stuck with what's left in that trailer, and it, it may not be the most freshest by the time you realize you have to to use that. So <laughs> pre-order paint, make sure we can get it to you right away. First strikes, go ahead and pre-order them through us. We'll we'll, we'll probably shut down the first strike orders uh, probably around the 11th or 12th, just so that we make sure we get them in at the time. Yep. Uh, we will have Enola grenades there for sale. We'll probably just do them for like five bucks a piece. And everybody's pretty much free to throw smokes everywhere. Uh, like it says on the Enola grade too, uh, grenades, you know, don't be a dick. Don't throw them in the brush. <laughs> you have plenty of rocks. You have plenty of building structures to toss them into. You don't need to throw them into the trees. Um, nice. But hopefully it'll be a good time. No, I'm sure it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Uh, I'm sure everyone's a... Uh... The guys I'm traveling with are excited, so can't wait, can't wait. Um, so, sorry, so who's just posting all these comments? Come on now. It's like he knows something. Uh, super stoked, man. I can't, I can't say how, how, how excited I am to play this game. It's going to be uh, – I'm finally going to play down in the U.S., and now a bunch of people are probably going to hassle me to say I have to keep coming down, and uh, it's not cheap. But uh, super excited. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, looking and, forward and to like seeing said, hopefully this one yeah hopefully this one really works out really well to where next year we have uh, a lot more plans i've actually donated one of my old hondas uh to the team so cool. one of the questions you asked me is if i'm part of magped legion um earlier and, and no i'm not but they are definitely pushing for me to be a part <laughs> of that I, like i said i have to kind of clear it through the wife first because yeah. you know 17 years of travel ball. She's not interested in traveling on the weekends for me to play paintball. But hopefully maybe I can get her out there, and then, then maybe it won't be a big issue. Um, but uh, I had an old Honda, and I kind of offered it up to them. So they're going to pick that up, and they're going to convert it to a tank for next year. Um, Very cool. We're also looking at a couple other uh, golf carts that we're going to make into some gas-powered golf carts that we're going to make into mini tanks. And so... 
we're, we're definitely going to try to expand. Uh, the plan was to do that this year, but um, we'll definitely be doing it next year. Uh, we're going to expand on, on the type of uh, props and stuff that you'll see out there from, you know, rocket launchers to M249s and mod deuces on stationaries. And nice. So, again, hopefully next year, uh, I guess you could say I get my, get my act together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it happens, right? Real life gets in the way, so uh, it, it, it happens. Now, um, for everyone who's been sticking around and watching and commenting and, and chatting away there, um, you know, thanks for hanging out with us. Much appreciated. Uh, I can see the sad face flying by now. People are upset that we're ending the show. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so thanks for everyone who's, uh, who's stuck it out and watched the show, hung out and commented and whatnot. Uh, let us know if there's anything you guys want us to talk about, like any topics, future topics, or future guests. Uh, leave a comment, shoot us a message. doesn't really matter. Uh, if you know me personally, send me a text. I don't care. And uh, for everyone who's listening on uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you're listening to podcasts on, uh, thanks for the listen. Thanks for the, the stream, the download, however you got hold of it. doesn't really matter. Uh, we appreciate it all. So uh, that's it. Until next week, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. See ya.